for for somebody whose life isn't going great right now, I think it, she finds it comforting that it, that's all that sourdough bread, all the bread is flour, water, and and salt. There's nothing else in there. So I think for her to find that comfort and being able to create something beautiful from just the mundane parts of her own life. This is the Sourdough Podcast, the show about the innovators, leaders, and creative trailblazers in our sourdough community and the stories behind the bread. On this episode of the Sourdough Podcast, I speak with writer Farah Heron about her recently published romantic comedy, Accidentally Engaged, a delectable romantic comedy about a sourdough-obsessed woman who fakes an engagement to the boy next door to enter a couple's cooking competition. Farah shares how she got into writing and baking, and we talk about the book's themes of family, Indian culture, and delicious bread, and what, if any, intersections the main character's story might have with Farah's own life experiences. I'd also like to take a moment to thank our latest contributors to the podcast, Elizabeth Tudhope, Michael Grant, and Lawrence Leeson from the UK, David Bordeaux of Iowa, Anders Svensson of Sweden, and George Vanderweet of Minnesota. Thank you so much for your generous contributions and for helping to make this episode of the Sourdough Podcast possible. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to support it, please consider contributing any amount by visiting the sourdoughpodcast.com and clicking on donate. You might even get a shout out on the podcast. And now, my interview with Farah Heron. My guest today is Farah Heron. Farah's book, Accidentally Engaged, was recently featured on Oprah.com after being released earlier this month. Farah writes romantic comedies and women's fiction full of huge South Asian families, delectable food, and most importantly, as her book jacket bio says, brown people falling stupidly in love. Farah, loves, uh, Farah lives in Toronto with her husband, two children, and when she's not writing, uh, she's the real deal sourdough home baker. Uh, Far, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Mike. Uh, I'm I'm just you know super excited to talk with you. I think you know for me this is like a, a little bit of a departure from like the cottage bakers and the cookbook authors that I'm used to talking with. But your publicist Estelle reached out to me a few uh, weeks ago. She described your book, and it just seemed like a lot of fun. And uh, she sent me a copy and it's um, and then I saw your Instagram feed and I was pretty impressed. You have some pretty great uh, crumb shots on there. <laughs> Thank you. So I'm excited to talk about sourdough as well as uh, sourdough romance with you today. I'm excited too. Well, um, before we jump into the book and sourdough, um, do you think you could tell us a little bit more about your background and, and maybe how you came to be a writer? Yeah, um, so I started writing about five years ago. Um, I was one of those people that always had stories like jumbling through my head, daydreaming all the time, but I didn't actually start writing it down until recently. Um, I've had two other major careers and then lots of little jobs. So I'm officially on my third career. I started out in human resources and then uh, I went into psychology and was a, a counselor, psychological counseling for a while. And now I'm a writer. So I write romance, uh, rom-coms, technically romantic comedies, both for adults. And I'm also working on a couple for teenagers right now as well. So writing is kind of something that I've always wanted to do. And I'm really excited to be doing it right now. I went into writing fully intending to write romance. And I'm really excited that that's exactly where I am. So that's a bit about me. 
Yeah, well, that's cool. That's it's so interesting that you're able to kind of. I would imagine you're, you're able to draw from your different careers and in your writing and and apply that to your stories and. Yeah, totally. Yeah, well, and then you know, I what I loved um, a lot about your book was you know learning about your culture, the Gujarati. Is that I'm pronouncing that right? Gujarati, yeah. Gujarati culture, you know, places like Dar es Salaam in Tanzania, where Rina, the main character, is from. And uh, I was curious, is that is that uh, where your family is from also? Yeah, my, my, um, we're, so we're Gujarati Indians, but for a few generations, my family has been in Tanzania. Um, not anymore. Now we're pretty much in Canada. Um, but uh, yeah, so Basically, it's as if there was a little tiny Indian community in the middle of uh, of East Africa. So very much culturally Indian, but coming from East Africa. I thought was so interesting. I went down this whole like Wikipedia rabbit hole, just kind of learning about the history of 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 those immigrants to to Africa, and and uh, so that was that was a lot of a lot of fun for me to read. Um, but also food, you know, food in general is a huge theme of the book. And Rena, the main character, you know, her, her and her neighbor love interests grow closer when they bond over Indian foods from their childhood. Um, could you tell us a little bit maybe about the food you grew up eating and, and maybe what kind of breads um, were you most familiar with growing up? So I've always like our family's always been very uh, bread obsessed. Um, it was kind of like an ongoing joke. Um, now, the the kind of bread that we love the most, like sourdoughs and like crusty French loaves and baguettes and such, that's not really Indian. Yeah. So Indian breads are like your your flatbread, so your chapatis or your naan or things like that, um, puri. So we ate a lot of those growing up as well, um, Indian flatbreads, and then. Um, and then my because we loved bread so much, my mom learned how to bake like your classic white sandwich bread. Oh, um, but she never really we never really baked a lot of bread. I didn't really learn to bake bread until I was older, but just a little bit here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Okay. So I mean, so I think that's similar to my to my experience. Like my mom made bread a little bit growing up. You know, we had those like classic old bread uh, machines. I don't know if you guys had those, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, I also didn't start um, baking sourdough till till later in my probably my thirties. So, actually, you know, coincident, I, I made my first roti uh, the other okay. day. Um, I, I have uh, one of my former guests, Hannah De La Cruz, has a uh, cookbook, and I, it actually was a recipe that incorporated sourdough starter. Interesting. And so, yeah, and so we made some really yummy flatbreads. I well, embarrassingly, we used it to uh, to eat some gyro meat with, which I know is like the t- which is fine. That's fine. Not is Greek and not vegetarian or anything, <laughs> but um, it was delicious. Anyway, uh, I, I'm like I realized that this week as I was prepping for our interview that well, I just actually actually happened to make some some. I've never meat. thought of putting sourdough in in rotis or in in. Even naan, like I make naan on on occasion, and it technically you could put sourdough in it because it's a yeasted bread. So, but I've never thought to do that. Well, yeah, it's it's, it's a great book. It's and it's all just about like kind of throwing in, you know. Um, I mean, because as you know, with sourdough, you're always discarding, yeah, um, expired, you're not expired, but exhausted uh, flour, and so it's just a way to incorporate some pre-fermented flour back into a lot of these recipes. So 
yeah, it, it was it was really good. And um, but uh, yeah, so it, I think it's similar to the the paratha. Is that how you say it? paratha? Uh, paratha, recipe? yeah. Paratha in the back of your book, you have a recipe for yeah. a, a flatbread in the back of your book. Mm-hmm. How would a paratha be different or similar to a rati or a chapati? So they're they're basically Indian flatbreads, the un, unleavened, so without uh, baking soda or baking powder or without yeast. So the unleavened flatbreads, there's like so many different names in India for this, pretty much the same thing. Fulka, um, prat, pratas layers, that one's a bit different, but roti, chapati, mani, it's all the same thing, pretty much. Some, some will make it a little bit thinner than the others, but it's basically your... Um, flour and it's usually atta flour. Atta flour is a, a coarser grind durum wheat flour. Okay. So it's usually yeah. atta flour, whole wheat, and then a little bit of oil or ghee and water, and that's it. That's your dough. And then you roll it out thin and you cook it on a basically a griddle. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the atta yeah. flour, that was something I wasn't familiar with. Yeah. So atta flour is, like I said, it's a durum wheat flour. But it's 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 kind of a coarser grain and it's usually whole wheat, so it doesn't have a whole mm. lot of gluten. Okay, yeah, which makes for I mean a great flatbread. Yeah, I definitely mm-hmm. felt like I needed a crash course in in Indian <laughs> flatbreads when reading the book. But um, yeah, again, it's like such a great way to learn about other food cultures for me. And and uh, oh well, that, I mean that was another question I had thinking about this book and, and how it relates to sourdough. I was wondering if Indian cuisine really has, does it have like a sourdough, a traditional sourdough type bread? There's definitely fermented grains. Um, there's some like a, so, I mean, my family is in Gujarat, which is like the middle North part of, of India, but South, South Indian food has a lot of fermented, like a dosa. I don't know if you've ever seen dosa there. Um, it's basically made with rice that is like ground up and then basically the rice is just left on the counter overnight. Mm. Mm-hmm. So it ferments and then you make it, it's almost like a giant crepe that you use this fermented rice batter. There's also idli, which is basically the same batter, but you make it into small little cakes. And the, it, so it's, it's fermented mm-hmm. overnight. Um, you would, the, the r- rising agent is just the fermentation from it overnight, but it's not something that you would then keep like a sourdough. You would just ferment it each uh-huh and yeah. that's yeah and so, and so your experience like that's not something that has translated to wheat it's kind of no i can't yeah. think, i'm huh. sure there is yeah, i don't know a lot about south indian food and that south india is a lot warmer obviously it's mm-hmm. in the south mm-hmm. um so that's why i think a lot of the, a lot more fermented food has just kind of like snuck into their uh culture because of that i don't know for sure i'm not a yeah. historian, but um that's what i would think mm-hmm. and i don't actually know a lot about south indian cooking yeah, I wonder. I would wonder how that kind of compares to like you know, like the French style. You know, where, it, you know, when you come down to like Southern Europe or Northern Europe style breads, if that you know, Northern India versus Southern India, how those might translate. But yeah, maybe, who knows? Yeah. We're neither. I guess neither one of us are, are food historians. But <laughs> <laughs> it's an interesting thought. But yeah, we'll come back. We'll come back to sourdough um, momentarily. But let's let's jump into the book and. Well, full disclosure, I haven't, I haven't read the whole book, but knowing me, that's probably uh, a good thing. I, I'm about halfway through, but uh, it'll keep me from giving away the ending. So <laughs> <laughs> this is my first interview with a, a fiction writer, so play it safe. But yeah, would you mind describing uh, the story for our audience? 
Sure. So, uh, as you said, the story is about Rena, who is a 30 year old. She's kind of in a rut in her life. So she's at the she she's got a job that she doesn't really love. She, her best friend has just recently moved away. She um, basically she doesn't really have anything really great going for her. She has got 12 ex-boyfriends and hasn't been able to make a relationship last. She's got issues with her family. She's got conflicts with her sister. Um, and she's always trying to uh, avoid her parents' influence in her life. Her parents want to insert themselves into every part of her life. So the story starts with her meeting yet another, she calls it good Muslim bachelor that her parents have set her up with. So her parents have again said, this is the man you should marry. And she's has no interest in that. But this time the guy's different than the others. He's really, really cute. He has a lot in common with her. He lives across the hall, which is really hard to avoid. Um, and he works for her father, and that's a complete no for her. So everything about him is great, except for this working for her father part. Oh, and he's um, he's an immigrant. So he's just come from, from Tanzania, and he has this really, really sexy British accent, which she finds so appealing. But because he works for her father, she's not interested. She's definitely not going to marry him. But then they become friends. And then they end up deciding to enter a contest, a cooking contest together. And the cooking contest is for home cooking. So they enter this contest together and they have to pretend to be engaged for the contest. Um, but they become friends and then eventually they start dating. And then so it's got an arranged marriage slash fake engagement slash dating, friend, becoming friends and then dating. And just everything just kind of blows up in the end. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I won't tell you the end if you haven't yes, read yes, it. Yes. Well, yeah. It, it, uh, Important part of that uh, storyline is that he's uh, really um, into her uh, ability to make delicious bread and is, is able to smell that from across the hall. Yes, yes. And, so uh, he, she loves to make bread more than anything else. It's her hobby. And he loves to eat bread more than anything else. So it's perfect. <laughs> yeah. Well, so we know that uh, that you are into sourdough. Uh, we know, yeah. uh, like Re like Rena and your, your family are also Canadian immigrants uh, from Tanzania. And so, uh, I'm personally, I mean, I, I couldn't help picture you in my mind when, when reading about Rena. Um, I don't think I, I can't be the only person that just, uh, pictured you in my mind. Um, but, uh, how, how much of Rena's character would you say you pull from your, your own life experiences? So I, I mean, I, I think, I think compared to any other book I've written, Rena has got the most of me in it. Um, like, I mean, obviously the obvious, she loves food. Um, but also she's got curly hair, she's short. So I put a lot of surface level things in there. Um, my family is nothing like Rena's family though. My family <laughs> is super, super uh, supportive and they're never, they're never, um, they're never inserting themselves into to my life the way that Rena's family is. Like Rena, I also have a sister, but we have a very good normal relationship. So there's there's some similarities, but I think there's more differences between me and her than than similarities. I think I think that Rena's just not great at coping with life. She's not great at coping with all the difficulties that she's kind of been dealt with. And I, I hope that I am, am a bit better at that than she is. <laughs> yeah, no, there's definitely some family drama, uh, lack of boundaries in Rena's life. But I think that's something we could all uh, relate to at a certain level. Yes. As yes. far as, you know, sourdough baking is involved. That's obviously one of her huge uh, driving or passions that kind of drives the storyline, you know, her end goal with the, the competition she gets into. And uh, I was wondering, how, how did you initially get into sourdough baking? 
I was thinking about that because I had a feeling you'd ask the question. And to be <laughs> honest, I can't remember. Um, like you, it was in my 30s. I can't remember exactly how I started. I know that. So I started baking bread more than than sourdough. So mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of bread bakers, especially modern ones, started with that no need, the Jim Leahy no need, mm-hmm. uh, no need round pool. So I started with that one. And then I don't remember why I'm like, I wonder what it would be like to try a sourdough. Um, and then I did, I started my own uh, starter. I didn't, I didn't buy one. Wow. So my first one, I had it for a few years and then I just couldn't keep up with it anymore. Around actually the time that I started writing is when I stopped baking sourdough, which I find really funny because <laughs> I started writing a book about sourdough Yeah. and I wasn't actually baking when I was writing it, but it, all the book, all the breads and such is all from, from when I was baking. Well, yeah, I mean, the little that I know about writing books, it's uh, quite exhausting and all all consuming. So it makes sense that, you know, maintaining a a baby sourdough starter would fall to the wayside. I mean, it's just, you know, it's a lot of work and it, you know, it's like having a kid and. Yeah, totally. Totally. So, so I stopped with the sourdough at that point, but I was still baking bread and I, I would I like, I liked when I, I, I loved my sourdough because I loved having the, the sourdough bread. But then when I stopped baking sourdough, I liked having to be able to be baking bread on my own schedule instead of on the starter mm, schedule. Yeah, yeah. Um, but actually, it's actually really funny. Since I started promoting this book, of course, you can imagine that everybody asks me about sourdough mm-hmm. nonstop. So <laughs> it was actually, I think, on the day the book came out. So at the beginning of the month, my husband bought me a new starter. So he he's into... Um, brewing beer so he brews beer and so he bought a um it's a starter that is made by a boutique beer yeast company um so they started making their sourdough start selling their sourdough starter as well so he he got excited because he's like well this is different it's because it's the company that he buys his beer stuff from so it's kind of combining our two interests so he bought me this starter so i started that it's only been about a month since i've had that starter now that's cool. No, I've never mm-hmm. used a, uh, ex- I think it's like a, a exhausted uh, grain. Yeah. From, from like a distillery or a brewery that uh, produces their own yeasts. But yeah, no, that, I've heard about that. I've never used it before, but I, I always recommend when someone's like, how do I get started in sourdough? I'm like, well, just, just get a starter from somebody else. Like, <laughs> you know, it's so much work and there's, you know, it, if you could just jump into like, you know, learning how to, feed a starter and, and, and see kind of how like a, a, a flour ferments without having to like go through the weeks long process of like yeah, getting totally. a starter off the ground. That's the way to go. So that's well, cool. That's why I was glad to do that this time because yeah. I just don't, yeah. Promoting a book at the same time, I didn't have time to be a brand new starter and this is great. It's really active and I, I'm baking with it all the time. I wanted to take a quick break from our interview to share with you some exciting news. I was recently invited to join the board of the Bakers in Need Fund, a 501c3 nonprofit organization founded by Tyler Cartner at WireMonkey. This fund was created to help bread bakers suffering financial duress due to the coronavirus, and since the start of the pandemic, the Bakers in Need Fund has given a total of 40 grants totaling over $10,000 to our baking community. When the crisis is over, the fund will remain to support bread bakers in need. We love the bread baking community and being a part of it and want to give back. If you'd like to learn more about the Bakers in Need Fund, make a donation or apply for a grant, please go to bakersinneed.org. Now, back to the show. 
Well, yeah. Another thing I I was thinking about when reading this book was like, let's think about or talk about the moments that you this book came out for you know a second, like, or just the world that your book was written or, or released into. You know, we got COVID baking, uh, yeah. having a moment. We've got um, you know, as far as romance goes, a lot of people's like social lives are just uh, uh, have stopped. Dating lives pro- probably on hold. Um, a lot of people are watching uh, a lot of cooking competitions on Netflix. And so accidentally uh, engaged is kind of, it kind of sits at the crossroads of a lot of those things. I was wondering if that's something you've reflected on uh, since the release of your book. Yeah, it was really interesting because it, I obviously I did not know that yeah. any of this would have happened when I first wrote it. And even sourdough was something I'm like, it's going to be so weird. Nobody's going to know anything about sourdough. And I'm going to write this book about sourdough. And then all of a sudden, yeah. everybody's doing sourdough. Um, which, it, I mean, it's, it worked out well because everybody's really into bread and, and such now. But it's very, um, I guess it's very timely that I didn't expect yeah. uh, the, that. Not, and it's not just the sourdough. I think you're right, the cooking contests. I wrote this before I started watching The Great British Bake Off. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people assume that I kind of based it on that, but it's not. I kind of made it up on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's it's really great the the response to it because of the popularity of those things. That's funny. One of our uh, one of my mutual friends with my last guest, Larry. He's actually on the Canadian Cookoff show right now. Oh wow! So yeah, small little funny. Uh, small world we have here within the little sourdough community, but, uh, but yeah, no, I was just just thinking about like, you couldn't have, I mean, obviously you didn't plan for it, but it's just a a unique combination of events that have transpired to where um, your book is very relevant and like, you know, writing this, you know, this recent sourdough wave of interest. Have you had any like COVID bakers uh, reach out to you or like, you know, relating to, to Rena and in, in the kind of what she's going through or I know a lot of people have like turned to sourdough you know like in stressful times in their life is you know it's kind mm-hmm. of a way to focus on something other than and the, what they're going through is that I think yeah and I think a lot I think that's that's the reason why a lot of people are baking um I happen to, I love the fact that people are reaching out to me and telling me about their starters or mm-hmm. um I had a when around the time when the book first came out, I had this for three or four days around the release. People were tagging me on pictures of bread on Instagram nonstop. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm because I mean, I love looking at bread, right? So I'm living my best life, and I totally didn't expect that. So I, I love the the fact that people are connecting to that part of the story. It's really hard to know what part people will get excited about. Like I'm yeah. like. Are people going to get excited about the the cooking contest portion? Or I mean, there's a ton of sourdough in there, but there's also a ton of Indian food. Yeah, so I'm like, yeah. is that is the Indian food going to be the thing that people will get excited about? But I think because of COVID and everything, it was the bread that people uh-huh. that really attracted to people to the book. Yeah, well, that's that's obviously so so much fun uh, for me as a, a sourdough geek to, to <laughs> kind of read into. But um, speaking of, you know, we're talking about like the main character kind of turning to um, bread making in, in her life when it gets really stressful. And there's a section in the book, and I was wondering if you would mind reading that quote for us. There's a section where she just lost her job and it's on page 53. Yep, um, I'm happy to read it. Thank you. So like you said, she has just lost her job. 
And she's so she's having a terrible day. And this takes place kind of at the end of the day. She and Nadim are are um, drinking away their sorrows. They have gin and they've just come back from the bar. Or I think, no, I think this is when they're still at the bar. But they're, they've got their gin and they're talking and they're both not in great moods. A squeeze of her hand jolted her eyes open. Hey, Nadim said, concerned. You okay? Yeah, just really crappy day. Let's talk about something else. She gently removed her hand from under his. Okay, he grinned. Can I ask you questions then? Don't feel you have to answer them. Deal. Why do you make so much bread? She shrugged. I love bread. I always have. There's nothing like the feeling of creating something so complex with my own hands. Sourdough bread is pretty much three ingredients, flour, water, and salt. But when you play with the other variables, hydration, fermentation, wild yeasts, temperature, or flour types, you can create something that tastes nothing like and is nutritiously nothing like the original ingredients. Bread is truly magic. Thank you. Yeah, no, I, you know, I, I have like almost, I have all these dog ears of, of, of where uh, Rena talks about bread and, and there's just obviously so many uh, points of, uh, that I can relate to. And so, and that was one of them where it's just like, I think that's something every sourdough baker can relate to is just like yeah. getting your hands in some, in some flour and water and just watching it kind of transform and, and, and this otherworldly magic uh, reaction kind of taking place. And yeah, totally. And especially for, for somebody whose life isn't going great right now, yeah. I think it, she finds it comforting that it, that's all that sourdough bread, all the bread is, is flour, water and, and salt. There's mm -hmm. nothing else in there. So I think for her to find that comfort and being able to create something beautiful from just the mundane parts of her own life. Is that something maybe you've related to in your own life? Not to get too personal, but like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like everybody is like, I mean, for, I mean, this year is an example. I think everybody is, has like, just like, okay. And I think that's the reason why COVID baking is a thing is because everybody's at home dealing with stressful work environments where we're on the computer, we're at home all day. And, and uh, yeah, sourdough, I know for me has always kind of been that like escape or, or a, a way to just like get my mind off of the day to day and like do something creative and, and, you know, um, put my hands and, and mind kind of on auto drive or while my hands kind of do something creative and it's totally. Yeah. Yeah. But there's also, there's, there's, I think the auto drive is right, but there's also a lot of thought that goes into it, especially now when, when we're all home, when we don't have, I mean, we're all busy with our jobs and whatnot, but our social lives are, are just stuck at home all the time. Mm. So I think bread baking is great sourdough, especially because you can, you have time to tweak a recipe you have time to figure out what happens if I increase the hydration on the next mm. batch, or maybe this needed a longer ferment or all those things. So it gives you something to really, Focus on those little minutiae that you would normally just not have time for because you're out drinking with your friends or you're going to a, exactly. a sporting event or something like that. So that's, and I think that that kind of, I, I mean, I know the book didn't take place in a COVID world, but I think that person who's kind of their life is also in a rut, that she's just kind of like, she's at home a lot and it just gives her that thing to like something else to focus on instead of everything else around her. Yeah, totally. Um, we could all relate to that right now for sure. Um, is there, is there like, um, what's your kind of go-to like sourdough recipe? Do you have like, uh, not to get too geeky, but like, you know, hydration wise, is it like a wetter dough or is it, uh, is, there, is there a certain recipe that you fall back on these days? Uh, um, 
Yeah, I, I do. A, it's wetter. I think the recipe that I've been using since I got this new starter has is about a 70% hydration. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not super, super wet, but it's on the wet, yeah, wetter side. Sure. Um, I prefer the, the uh, finished bread when it's that way. Um, and I don't do anything fancy. Like it's really just, I start, I make the dough up the night before it ferments overnight and then I bake it off in the morning. So I don't do any like uh, special sponge off to the side or any of that. <laughs> Sometimes I will do um, where I put the salt, I let it sit for a bit. I don't remember what it's called, autolyze, and then mm-hmm. put the salt in after, but usually I don't have time. So, and the bread still comes out pretty good. Yeah. Is that something? Um, and I do cook it. I, sorry, I do cook it in the uh, the Dutch oven. Oh, nice. The crispy. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's, that's, I, again, that's probably the easiest and most, you know, you're always going to, you get the way that the, the steam, is created and, and contained in that Dutch oven. It's like, you're not going to be able to reproduce that even in like something that I'm baking in like a bigger, like, uh, you know, six loaf at a time oven, um, like the Rothko um, mm-hmm. that I'm using. But uh, yeah, yeah, I'm curious. Is that something you, you've done with your your kids? Is that something that like you you share with your uh, your family or is that like a, something that's just like your your thing? <laughs> so I would love very much if my family would um, get involved in baking bread, but they really love eating it. And I start yeah. getting uh, snarky comments when we're out of bread. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's funny when, when everybody was baking during the beginning of the pandemic, um, my hus- I, I convinced my husband to start baking a little bit too. Um, he'd never been a, a baker. Like he loves cooking. And like I said, he makes beer and such, but he'd never been a baker. Um, so I gave him my, not sourdough, but just sort of like I have my favorite um, whole wheat sandwich bread recipe. So I just gave it to him very quietly one day and said, here, you see what you can do with this. And he actually did make it a few times and it came out really good. So now I'm trying to convince him to try with sourdough because I would love it if somebody else would, because I'm afraid <laughs> I'm going to get burnt out again yeah. from taking care of the new starter. Um, but we have, we had, they had the, my kids either, they haven't shown any interest. Mm-hmm. in it or, or they just want me to keep making it yeah yeah well my my kids are are young they're you know five and three and so they're kind of a little it's a little harder for me to like you know I'll have like maybe a little teeny extra loaf piece of bread that I didn't get you know baked um and that I'll let her my daughter play with it or make a little baby loaf mm-hmm. or something but yeah it's kind of hard to like do the whole shaping thing they're just a little bit yeah, too young and but, uh, and then mine are too old. Mine are thirteen and seventeen. So I think I think you have that that time where they're just at the age where they're willing to do something with their parents. But yeah. now I've gone too far for that. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, let's see. Yeah, I've seen a lot of pictures. Uh, speaking of sourdough, I've seen a lot of pictures of your readers posting pictures. They've been inspired from the book to kind of try to try their own hand at, at sourdough, and have uh, been posting pictures of their bread and your book next to it um how fun has that been to kind of see like this kind of you know trend of uh bread baking yeah it's it's so 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 much fun there was a actually last week i i had an interview with a a woman who has a little um she makes bread and she sells them at like farmer's markets and things like that and uh and they're all literary inspired so she actually made a, a bread based on the book so she made a chai spiced fugas Oh. Um, which sounds so good. And she, yeah. she said she added a little bit of honey to the dough 
and then ground up and roasted her own like cinnamon and cardamom and chai spices and put it in the fugazi. Yum. And then she made one in the shape of the ring of the wedding ring from the book. Oh, I saw that picture. And, yeah. <laughs> so cute. I'm so <laughs> thrilled. Like I could never have imagined when I wrote this book that somebody would make up a bread. Um, uh huh based on it so it's been super fun oh man we're gonna have to track down that recipe and, uh, <laughs> yes. get it on the website or something um well you know we were uh getting to the end of our time here Flora, and but I, I wanted to maybe leave our audience with a little inspiration you posted a little bit a while or a while ago on your um publisher's instagram page uh, a short little video about your three tips for sourdough bakers on how to make an amazing loaf. Do you think you can share those with our audience? Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's see if I can remember them. So I think my first tip was to name your starter. Uh, I think it's really important to grow attached to your starter so you'll take care of it. Um, in Accidentally Engaged, Rena has Brian, who's a rye starter, and Sue. Bye. I actually named the starters from the book after my own starters. So I actually had a Brian and a Sue. Oh, cool. um, currently, I have Steve who's who's doing great for me. But um, I think it's a great idea to name your starters because you'll grow more attached to it and you'll take care of it better. For sure. My other tip was, oh my God, I'm going to have to try and remember all three. My other tip was uh, slow, fer slow fermentation. You want, if you're used to making bread with commercial yeast, you might be used to a, a, a quick fermentation where you might need to rise it for maybe an hour. Mm. With sourdough, you have to go low and slow. It's like a, if you're relating it to romance levels, I say it's like a slow burn where you just have to be patient and wait it out. Uh -huh. I don't remember what the third tip was. Uh, feed it every day, you said. Feed it every day, yes. Feed it absolutely every day. Um, in in the book, Rena goes away for the weekend, so she gives her sourdough to, to Nadim to take care of. And that's a big sign of trust and relationship if you're yeah. willing to trust someone else with your sourdough. And Very he did true. well. He did better than well, actually. He took care of her sourdough. So feed it every day. Now, I mean, once your sourdough is established and, and healthy you can put it in the fridge for a week or so mm -hmm. and feed it once a week but if you're going to leave it out at room temperature then every day for sure for sure well and then you'll have a lot of uh sourdough uh exhausted sourdough um, yeah. you can get rid of or, or incorporate into like a, a flatbread or you got your yep. um, plain paratas recipe in the back of your book it'd be interesting to try to do a a a sourdough discard version of that recipe. I think I'm going to try that. You know yeah. what? I'll try that and I'll, I'll uh, tag you on Instagram. Yeah, that'd be cool. Works. And I'll share, I'll share the recipe. If you, if you could figure it out uh, with, with our audience. Um, well, that would be cool. Well, thank you uh, so much, Farah. That was a, a lot of fun. I think that's a good place to leave it with a little inspiration for our, <laughs> our, uh, our new bakers or all of our, our listeners and, and um, I wanted to, oh yeah, how, how can people, you know, uh, reach out, connect with you, follow along, and uh, where can they find your book? So the book uh, is available everywhere, Accidentally Engaged. It is, um, you can buy it wherever you buy bookstores, Amazon, uh, Barnes & Noble, in Canada, Indigo. You can also, it's also available on audio, and the audio, audio version is fantastic. I love it. The, the audio uh, narrator was just amazing. Um, and then you can find me. I'm on Instagram, Farah Heron Author. Uh, I'm on Facebook, Farah Heron Author. I think it's Farah Heron Author. I don't do a lot of Facebook, but I'm there. Mm -hmm. um, Instagram is the best place to find me. I'm also on Twitter, Farah Heron. And then my website is farahheron.com. And if anyone wants to contact me, I have a contact form on the website. 
Great. Yeah. Well, audio, that's, that's kind of the best way I've, I've found to, to consume books these days. And I'd love to, to hear your book audio because I'm, you know, while I'm doing my, I have a cottage bakery and so I'm always like, you know, four days a week I'm baking and yeah. the kids are asleep and I'm in the kitchen and I'm making bread and I'm listening to usually podcasts or audio books. And so that'd be, I, I should have thought about that. That would have been a really good way to, <laughs> to read, to, to finish, to finish the book. So, um, I'll have to check that out, but uh, yeah, no, thank you so much, Farah, for coming on. It's been a lot of fun uh, hearing about your your story and your sourdough experiences and, and kind of geeking out uh, together on sourdough. Thank um, you so much. Yeah, I've got I got to finish your book because my wife and my sister are uh, both waiting in line to read it. So <laughs> uh, appreciate you, and yeah, look forward to uh, following along and seeing more pictures of people uh, posting their their bread pics. Yes, hopefully. Yeah, sweet. All right, well, th thank you so much, Farah, and, and have a great night. Thank you. Thanks for listening. The Sourdough Podcast is produced by Michael Hilburn and edited by Caleb Sexton. All music is by Weston Perry. Thanks again to our main sponsor of this episode, Tyler at Wire Monkey Shop. You can find their products and support the Bakers in Need Fund created by Tyler by clicking on links in the show notes of this episode. And be sure to head over to thesourdoughpodcast.com where you can find exclusive recipes from our guests, as well as cookbook and gear recommendations, previous episodes, and more. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider supporting the podcast by purchasing a Sourdough Podcast t-shirt, coffee mug, or UFO alum. If you're strapped for cash, a five-star rating and review on iTunes would also go a long way, and you would help tremendously to share the podcast with others. Thanks, and we'll see you again next time.